0: Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness.
1: Now, your
0: host, Peter Tung.
1: Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today Deborah Laval, who's just written her first book, The Magic Doorway into the Divine. Very exciting time for Deborah, and her launch for the book is just a week away uh, next week. Deborah, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: So you must be very excited about this prospect, having gone through all of your experiences in the book.
2: Uh, yeah, I think
1: I am. <laughs> <laughs> You'll let me, let me know next week. I will, for sure. Now, this this is a an outstanding book, I have to say, and, and I've had the uh, opportunity to read it over the last uh, couple of weeks, and it's just a really, really good book. And obviously, no doubt at all, it comes from your own personal experience. So perhaps you should begin by telling us uh, how, how all this, this began for you? Well, this journey began
2: when I was about 29 years old and I was not really that interested in, in uh, spirituality or anything of that nature. I was really wanting to be in the world, or so I thought. But I had a deep longing for something and I, I really didn't know what it was. I thought I could find it in the world because I was a model and danced, and I uh, thought, well, maybe if I have a child, I'll fill I'll this longing somehow, fulfill myself. And then when I was married, my husband and I wanted to find out why I'd stopped menstruating. So we went to a specialist and uh, finally discovered that my uterus had absolutely dissolved, meaning that I would never menstruate again and let alone have a child. So of course I was devastated at the bad news. And she, you, you know, as you can imagine, being a young woman, and it felt like a huge door had slammed shut in my face. But little did I know that this difficult event was actually the opening of another door and the beginning of a life-altering mystic journey that began at a meditation retreat where I had a profound enlightenment experience. And that was soon followed by a miraculous healing. And it was during this meditation intensive that I had what is called a direct experience of the truth. Of who I am, who I really am. And what I experienced was absolute love beyond anything that went far beyond anything. The confines of this body mind it was just so so profound and beyond anything conceivable up till that point in my life that I had ever experienced but I realized then in retrospect that this is had had this was what I was really looking for was this kind of experience this kind of not just experience but this knowing knowing that I was not this limited being; that I was actually one with Source, or or God, or whatever word you want to slot in there. It was like it was um, deeply profound. It was
1: it was there, as you can see. There's not words. There are no words <laughs> for it. Well, the first thing I'm, I'm interested in is obviously that when you were 29, you were in your Saturn return when uh, yes. Saturn returned back to where it was when you were born. So it, it is a time of massive potential transformation and change absolutely and I also know from other people I've spoken to I haven't had this experience directly myself so in trying to put into words this experience uh, that you had it's it's pretty well impossible isn't it
2: yeah it is tough it's <laughs> because in that at that level there are no words I try I as I was opening to it I was going I'm dying I thought I was dying you know that these are the f- kinds of thoughts that I had but but then when you let go, there, there's no words. There's, words are just sort of made-up things. You realize that.
1: And what was the miraculous healing that took place?
2: Well, what happened was I, uh, I, I had that problem with my uterus, and um, then I went to back to the doctor, and I started menstruating, and I thought something was wrong with me, you know, but, no, it wasn't that at all. It had grown back completely after having dissolved. Well, wow. After that experience, I I just regrew a uterus, and that was,
1: yeah. That's pretty remarkable.
2: It was very <laughs>
1: remarkable. Now, did, did you actually have medical tests and all that? Oh, done yeah, I was in
2: after? the hospital, when, and when they told me it had dissolved, oh, you'll never have a child again, you'll never menstruate, it's, they've never seen anything like it, and then... Shortly thereafter, I took this, uh, well, I did this, it was my time. It was obviously my time, as you were saying, the return of Saturn and whatnot. And I had this experience, and everything just grew back as normal.
1: So I want to mention this uh, right now, Deborah, because, because in my experience, I know this is a few years ago now, but in my experience right now, in this, in this moment, what seems to be happening for people Is this dissolving process is happening to them, Uh and they seem to be reconstituting themselves in a a, a higher vibrational frequency, or in their—I don't want to use the word perfect, but in their own perfection, let's say. Right, Um, right. So it seems like that this is a similar journey.
2: Well, it is, and I when I talk about the mystic journey, that that's exactly what the mystic journey is—the dissolution. I mean, what many people believe to be the truth is, is actually the opposite of the truth. And what that is is that they, they believe that they're physical beings striving to, be, to have a spiritual experience, when in fact they're, they're actually spiritual beings having a physical experience. So in a sense, we're all mystics. We're already in that. Vibe. We already are that. And we're all at some stage of this evolution, and so it's quite a remarkable thing to know that because all we're really doing is, is getting rid of the covers that stop us from knowing our true self because we already are that. And that's one of the things one experiences when you have a mystical experience or an enlightenment experience, you realize that I'm already there, I'm already that, I, I never was anything else. And and i think people are awakening to that now they're going oh my god but it's important that they remember that they're actually not they're not physical beings striving to have a spiritual experience they're spiritual beings already so of course they're going to have that experience
1: <laughs> And yes, on this journey of, of unfolding, there are a number of stages and processes oh, yes. that we have to go through, and you having gone through them already, it's helpful for, for people to understand. Yes. So, having gone through the, the awakening experience, what was it like returning to your normal day to day life? Well,
2: the effect of thus awakening, of course, changed my life entirely. I mean, it was. Um, it changed it so completely that everything I assumed to be true dissolved. It. it it left me sort of in unknown territory. I'd never been brought up to think like this. I was this, uh, I'm walking down the street and I would see a, a building dissolve in front of my eyes. But I was watching dissolution, really. But not only was my perception completely transformed, but my body, too, had changed radically. As I mentioned, I had the, the regrowth of the uterus, and menstruating, and... Um, so this enlightenment experience put me in a, a completely different direction, one where I made a 180-degree switch from a worldly life to, to a spiritual life. And along with this came various powers and gifts. I also lived in a state of bliss for about a year and a half. And in that time, fame and fortune, I mean, everything came to me that I'd ever wanted in my whole life. I had... Uh, my phone was ringing off the wall. Everybody was wanting to turn me into something, saying this. I don't know why. <laughs> but anyway, so these things came out of nowhere, and, uh, and then people came out of nowhere as well, looking for spiritual counseling, guidance. And I'd also been given these cities or powers, so I was allowed, you know, I was able to do all of this as a result. And this is amazing when this happens, but, you know, the thing is, this is a stage as well. All of these cities or powers and all of this, everything coming to you is only an early stage. It's it's really like a honeymoon stage in the
1: spiritual life. And so what actually happened during this time to what was your former regular life? What, what happened to that?
2: Well, I was married, I, and um, as I mentioned, and... Uh, I remember looking at my husband and loving him deeper than I've ever loved anybody in my life in that moment, but I knew that I had to make a change, that I had to, I was going on a different, in a different direction, and I knew that he wanted a more normal kind of life, and mine was not seeming to go in that direction at the time. So that changed, and um, my work stayed for a little while but everything everything started dissolving like the work went away and the fame and fortune took off after a while and it was like you're on the next stage now and so the honeymoon's over it's like when you're married you know when you're in a a marriage you have this beautiful honeymoon phase but then the next stage you have to get down to work in other words you have to be conscious you have to uh lose your ego basically if you want to get along with that person so that was sort of the next stage where I was in I was in the work of losing the identity of being a model a dancer, a a spiritual healer just about anything else that would create a separation from who I really was and it wasn't that it's not that those things all get taken away and you're done, you're, you're toast it's not that at all it's just that our identification with them is what gets
1: taken. And it's- now this, this is a really important point because right now it feels to me as if a lot of people in the world are going through this process exactly. without really understanding what it is of Absolutely. having their world fall apart and and mm-hmm. in, in the alchemy process it's called calcination which comes before dissolution which basically your whole world just goes and 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 people leave you and you lose your job and yes. And everything's gone, and, and so how how do you help people understand what's happening? Just tell us about that.
2: Well, I mean, this
1: is such a difficult. It's it's really the most difficult, one of the most difficult
2: times because our world supports and encourages us to be a somebody. So not only do we have the dissolution of things in our life that are, are we need that cause us to be frightened financially and whatnot, we're also emotionally traumatized because we have an image hide behind. You know, we've had this idea of who we are. But really what's happening is that the idea of who we are is being dissolved. And if we can... What we have to do at that point is hang on and know that the higher power has... knows exactly... Well, let me just give you something that I heard from Ramana Maharshi. He was a great saint in India. And he would say, and, and I always grasped onto this because I knew it was true when I was going through these times. He said the force that brought you here knows every action the body needs to take and we'll see to it that it takes those actions. So in other words, we almost have to rest inside ourselves so deeply. It's, it's like we're being taken to surrender. And like Rinpoche says, Trungpa Rinpoche said, enlightenment is the ego's ultimate disappointment. So, you know, so we really go through that, and, and I know we're going through that phase right now, but we just have to hang on and know, you know it's not about that. It's about something deeper, something much larger, something that goes beyond the body-mind. We're immortal spirit. We're not this body. We're not this mind. It hurts like hell, yes. It's terrifying, yes. But that's not who we are.
1: It's like we so, have. Deborah, to- we're just actually uh, coming up to our first break, and okay. uh, we'll continue this really interesting discussion shortly because I, I feel uh, very strongly that people in the world right now are. Relating very much to what you're saying, and it's a very, very important phase that we need to go through, and perhaps so we can return and find out why it's important right. for us to go through this. Right. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
3: Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
0: listening to awakening to conscious co-creation with peter Tung. if you have a question for peter or comment on this series please send an email to descending at gmail.com that's descending at gmail.com now back to our program
1: welcome back to awakening to conscious co-creation and i'm your host peter Tung. I'd just like to direct you to my website ww.petertung.com. I've just put out my uh, newsletter for September, in which I reflect upon the journey with George Cavasilis down to the Asseti Ranch and doing some UFO spotting down there, and also the wonderful Leo energies of our workshop uh, in the month of, uh, of August. And now, of course, we're moving up into our workshop next weekend in Virgo, and uh, the energies are really, really fascinating how all this is, is piecing together. And also uh, my website www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and the Ambassadors of Light class uh, program that you will find there, as well as a few uh, other bits and pieces to help you on your journey, including some free meditations. I have with me today on the show Deborah Laval who has just put out or was about to put out her first book, the Magic Doorway into the Divine. And before the break, Deborah, we were talking about the experience that many people are going through uh, in terms of losing their their identity, losing the, the physical third-dimensional world around them and, and how, uh, how we cope with that. So mm-hmm. an obvious question is, why is it necessary to go through uh, this challenging time on the journey? Well,
2: we have to empty ourselves to become an open vessel in order to receive the ultimate truth. In order to do this, it would help to realize that we ourselves don't actually do it. I mean, this is where the trust comes in. It's being done to us. It's like on the mystic path, there's a force, a momentum that takes charge of the process and does whatever is necessary to take us back to our source. So what happens when this goes on is we may experience a divine pressure as our identities are being challenged and likely we'll experience physical, mental, emotional discomfort as our pride, our greed, our lust, anger, are being transmuted to higher frequency. It's kind of like the lover and the beloved again. We're back to the marriage thing. In order to reunite deeply, the dust must be cleared away so that the mirror can shine with the reflection of our true face. So that's why we have to go through it, so that our, our humility, our compassion... You know, it's, it's like... Um, in order to love when others are hating, in order to forgive when everyone's blaming, in order to find solace in the divine when others are limiting themselves to the world. This is what we have to do. I mean, how how would a world change if everyone was in their ego? It wouldn't. It couldn't. And so the reason for this is that as we change ourselves, if you're even hearing this, you're being called to, to make those changes in yourself. You're being called to, to surrender and let your identity, identity be dissolved, let your ego be dissolved. And, uh, you know, there's really no other way. I mean, we can do all sorts of little te- mental techniques or chant a few mantras or, or something but that's not going to take us to real spiritual knowledge. Just like a you know a Ph.D. takes years of self-effort, similarly a mystic goes through this kind of training to learn the nuances of their experience, and that helps them find the real compassion and the truth. So, as I was saying, we're all mystics in that we're all going back to Source. I mean, because we already are that. And it doesn't matter whether you, you think you are or not or whether you know that or not, you are. So if you're going through something, you have no other choice but to allow yourself to surrender to it. It's like a purifying fire that burns away the dross. And it's, a, it's really about surrender right now. Because true love is love for the sake of love not just pleasure. I mean, we do a lot of things in the spiritual life for the pleasure, just like I mentioned in my uh, initial stage of uh, awakening. I had all these things come to me and all these experiences. But that's not why we love. And I'm just going to read a quick little thing here from the prophet, which uh, describes that very thing that I'm talking about. And what he says, Khalil Gibran tells us that, but if in your fear you would seek only love's peace and love's pleasure, then it is better for you that you cover your nakedness and pass out of love's threshing floor into the seasonless world where you shall laugh, but not all of your laughter, and weep, but not all of your tears. Love gives not but itself and takes not but from itself. Love possesses not but nor would it be possessed. For love is sufficient unto love. So in a sense, it's like we ha- we're loving for the sake of love, not for the sake of pleasure. It's, in other words, we have to have a, a deep commitment. I mean, if we're, we started on, on a spiritual path, we have to continue.
1: You can't... What quit. happens when you, if you, I don't know if, you, if this is part of your journey, I don't know, what happens if you actually uh, attempt to step back from it? Oh, I've tried
2: many times to set back.
1: (laughs) I thought perhaps you might.
2: I'm out of here. So many times I thought, okay, I'm out of here. I've had this. This is enough. Well, what happens is you find it's empty. It's sort of empty out there. I'm not, you know, you might get a bit of pleasure for a day or two, and then you start feeling kind of dull, you know, empty. Everything seems flat. I don't feel, I don't feel that good. I I want And then when you feel empty enough, you, you start. You know, picking up a book and starting to read again, or starting to—well, I better meditate today—or that's the longing. You see, a longing gets placed in our hearts when we're being taken back to source. And yeah, you can take off for a while, you can forget about it for a while, but it will haunt
1: you. And
2: that's ju- not just my journey; that's everybody's journey. Something. That's will a really haunt good
1: way of expressing it too. Uh huh. So, so to actually push through on this on this journey you mentioned the word trust earlier, it uh-huh. really requires us to have a, a higher level of trust and confidence that we are actually being guided from a higher source
2: and yes, it does and the problem is no one really gives you that no one really talks about that because um we're all, you know, you know, think and grow rich. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's all in that. The spirituality and the uh, world thing has been merged, to, you know, merged together in a way that doesn't really give you the, whole, the real truth. You have to walk through it. I mean, I've walked through this for like, you know, 30-something years, so I have a sense of what the spiritual path is. And then, and then there's still tons to go.
1: indeed and we don't know what it is yet do we
2: well this is it and so it's you know it's always about humility it's always about love it's always about trust it's always about it's like the spiritual marriage it's about a marriage with your divine self and it's no different you know what it's like if people have been married you 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 go through the phases you go through dark nights of the soul in your marriage you go through um, phases where you're you know, and totally in love. You go through phases where, you know, your egos are just beating each other up all the time. But it's walking through it. You're not, for loving for the sake of love, not just the pleasure of it. It's like we love a child. We have to love them through everything that they they go through. Same with the spiritual marriage. We have to keep loving.
1: Now, you write about the dark nights of the soul in your book, and mm-hmm. it's often uh, often quoted uh, expression when people are having a difficult time, and, right. and a really important part of the alchemical journey that we're talking about. So tell us what the dark nights of the soul is really all about.
2: Well, it's actually a gateway to a higher state of being. And the purpose of this time is to free the imprisoned soul, which is us, <laughs> so that it, be, it can become reality itself, which means it can be merged with the divine itself. Um, it, if we could empty ourselves of the worldly or spiritual identities, concepts, and beliefs, there wouldn't be a need for the dark night because the ground would be you know, uh, fertile for the remaking of who we really are, our new being. But unfortunately, very few have ever been able to do that. But And you can hold the enlightenment experience, even if you've had a powerful enlightenment experience, you can hold it without going through a strong stage of purification. So this fire, this you know, purifying fire, burns the seeker's last vestiges of the ego. And this is a necessary process so that a new form emerges, built on a completely new foundation. And during that time, I just want to... Read this little bit from my book. I talk about um, the dark night um, and what it uh, what it feels like going through it. And I want to read it because there may be some of you that relate to this. In fact, I, well, I'll tell you that after. Okay. So, the section called "The Journey Beyond the Doors" is about the dark night. Now, the dur- in the journey beyond the doors or the dark night, it takes us. Um, where nothing undertaken from the perspective of the personal will works. We discover that all mind-focusing concepts and techniques that might have worked in the past no longer do. Any spiritual technique employed to open the doors to our higher being has no power anymore. We also find that we're unable to control our lives as we once thought we could. Whoever we have believed ourselves to be has been erased. This purification of the ego can be very distressing but its ultimate goal is to take us to true humility. This then is where we learn that all striving is useless and not a breath do we take without the grace of God. So there's nothing left to do but to surrender to the will of, of God at this point. So that's uh, and that's a little section from the book describing the feeling of it. Now, the other part is, is that the term, the term the dark night is kind of bandied about loosely. But it has to do with removing these coverings from the soul. And they're deeply embedded coverings. They're not just when you're, you know, looking at your pride or your greed or your... These are more deeply embedded. They're not seen with your... It's hard to know what they are. And they're still coverings over our soul. And they serve to separate us from our divine self. And the suffering, though, that one encounters here is very different from the suffering that's based on the body, mind, and the worldly trappings. Because the pain of the soul, that's where that longing that I talked about earlier is about. That pain of longing, the pain of that soul to to go home is so different from the pain associated with the world. Because the soul's longing to reunite, you reunite with its source. It sears us to the core. It's it's deeper than worldly pain, if you know what I mean. And uh, yeah, so, and I also know of about three people who did not commit suicide after reading the section I just read to you, the Dark Night, a little section out of the Dark Night of the Soul. And the reason being is that they felt that uh, it helped them understand their situation better, and essentially gave them a new perspective. And hence a new lease on life so knowing what we're going through helps us tremendously
1: so again that longing and that feeling that that does take people to that feeling of suicide once understood actually changes the situation so the person actually understands and doesn't need to actually do that which is very Absolutely. very profound it's a it's a it's a wonderful section in the book and obviously you went through it yourself so you understand oh, yeah. it Perfectly. And you're coming go up to our next break, Deborah. So I'm going okay. to go to the break, and then when we come back, I'll get you to talk about the book and uh, and the launch itself next week. So okay. Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
3: Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness sufficiently to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Listening on a Higher Dimension, Seventh Wave Network.
0: Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tung. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
1: Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I have with me today, Deborah Laval, who's just about to publish her first well launch her first book, "The Magic Doorway into the Divine." So, Deborah, tell us a bit about the launch that's taking place uh, next week, September the thirteenth.
2: Okay, now um, I'm, I'm not a really good uh, advertiser, but here we go. <laughs> that's
1: okay, just tell us what <laughs> you that don't mean.
2: really, you know, it's sort of weird, you know. But anyway, here we go. You have to do it. It's this modern world. This is what one has to do. Okay, so. Um, Next week, I'm having uh, an international bestseller campaign for my book, The Magic Doorway into the Divine, and that's on September 13th. Um, and uh, there will be gifts. Uh, probably, I would say by now, we're up to about $9,000 in free gifts. And I'm talking gifts. We've got uh, Eckhart Toll TV, which is wonderful. We've got... Uh, Uh, workshops galore. We've got Gary Renard, um, Ariel Ford, uh, all sorts of amazing people offering these incredible gifts, workshops. uh, We have uh, Karen Ray with her um, uh, discount off of a a, uh, Mount Shasta trip. Or a workshop in Mount Shasta, we've got uh, a lovely astrology, uh, Vedic astrology, um, mantras, re- readings, just about everything. You know, it's it's covered. It's amazing. And so, what you do if you're interested in it, I would suggest uh, highly. I'm going to buy my own book actually because <laughs> I want to get some of these gifts. There's also a workshop that that uh, goes for a whole year, which is going to. For, for, which is the grand prize. And this is um, by uh, Anjali Hill, who's an amazing, uh, enlightened woman. And it goes for a whole year for two. So, that, so in order to get these gifts, here's what you need to do on September 13th. Um, what you do is you go to www.themagicdoorway.com um, forward slash divine. And you will see all of the gifts and then you purchase my book on that day. It has to be on September 13th. That's the only day really this is, you know, taking place. And you will be, you'll have access to all of these gifts. And also, uh, you can be, and this is the copy, you know, I like the way you said it, you can become a hero to your email list <laughs> <laughs> by giving them the same opportunity to receive these, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of gifts. So, it's uh, quite a remarkable, remarkable thing that you can do now these days in, in, in the advertising world. But really, it, it's really worth it, and uh, I would love, I would love a uh, few, would participate in it, and I think it, it could. I this book has been. Um, I've been asked by a couple of masters. I'm, I'm very shy. I don't like to do putting these things out. But I've been told you must promote this book by some very high masters and saints, and so because it's there to help a lot of people. So that's why I'm doing this. This is my service. This is my love, and uh, and so I would appreciate if you help me do that.
1: Well, it is a very, very significant book. And I had this uh, wonderful opportunity of spending two weeks with George Cabasolus, um gifted a, a spiritual guy from Australia, and going down to the Asseti Ranch with him with James Gilliland, both of whom I've interviewed on the show. And at the end of all of that, we talk about all of our stuff coming up and being activated and all of the, mm-hmm. the uh, elements of our shadow side that we need to look at and resolve and, and be with. So I came away from the ranch in this activated state reading your book and the, putting the two together I have to say was a profound transformative um, situation for me personally and directly and I know as a result of, of reading particularly actually the section on and I'll get you to tell about, talk about the structure of the book in a minute Deborah but this, I was actually on the section on what I what called the door closes at that point and having had all my stuff activated by being uh, in that Uh, vibrational frequency really gave me tremendous insight and awareness uh... to to work through my own my own shadow side which which is part of the work that you just talked about in the dark night of the soul so just so just tell us about the the actual structure of the book and and how it works okay well i have five
2: sections in the book Um, part one is well actually i've got okay i'll just tell you these sections and i can add the other things later Part one is crossing the threshold, and that's where I one, what gets expressed is the miraculous power and healing that's possible when we touch the truth. That's after my enlightenment experience and, and the incredible, which I sort of touched on a bit today. So it's quite a beautiful, it's a short chapter, but it's quite profound. And then part two, I have the door openers. Now, the door openers are like a celebration of what we can be when we turn our minds to a higher perspective. So after you've had this awakening, you know, you, you do start doing the work and you're just going practicing being a, a better person, putting your mind to a higher into a higher vibration and become like an alchemist. So you start to transmute every situation into love. And so there's a number of um, chapters on that. Plus, there's self-help meditations. And poetry, so the poetry sort of describes the chapter, and what you're about to read, and the, and the self-help meditation grounds it, allows you to bring it into, uh, you know, uh, your life in a sense. And so, and then there's the um, next section, which is the door closures. Now, this one's kind of a really, this was probably one of the hardest, and also one of the most fun sections I wrote because the poetry I write in it. It, you know, I just went for it. You know, it comes all from the perspective of the ego. Now, the ego, of course, has no interest in interest in God or divinity. So these po- poems are intentionally provocative, in order to help us see our delusions more clearly. So, I make all sorts of little jokes and things. It's almost like God and and uh, and the soul speaking. And it's it's really fun, and it really is transformational. People just open up, and and they're going through something, and and there it is; it's right in front of them. They do the exercise, and they and they're fine. So it's like an oracle as well. And then of course there's part four, which is the journey beyond the doors, and I read you a little bit about that, and that's the dark night of the soul. So after you've gone through the ego, and once you've started you know, working on your ego and whatnot, it's almost like you you go into the next grade. You go into a deeper level of purification. You think you've done it, though. You think, God, I've already been through one I But that's okay. This is just a deeper level. Unseen things are being purified from you. And then part five is returning to the garden. Now, when returning to the garden, we're new again. We're like uh, chicks emerging from the cosmic egg, say. And we're seeing the world with brand new eyes. It's, It's like seeing beauty and love and everything and accepting ourselves and letting go of the inner and outer war. That's what the part five is. It's almost like we're finally at a place where we know who we are and we know what we're supposed to do and we know what our service is. And our ego is not there. We're not doing it, we're not appropriating it to ourself, which we normally do in, in, in life. We appropriate everything we do to ourself. No, we now know that there but through the, by the grace of God go I. We know that absolutely in this part five, returning to the garden section. And we know also, absolutely, there's nothing wrong with anything that we undergo in life because everything is a magic doorway to God's love. That's what we know absolutely in this part five. So it's, it's quite, uh, and also, people can open it to any section. You can, you can be in a dark night of the soul in a day. You know, you can have a, a day of the dark night of the soul. And you <laughs> can open it up and something will pop out and it will help you. Yeah. So it's, it's for everybody. It's not just for people that are seeking spiritually or consciously, as I said, because we're all seeking. Whether we know it or not, it's for everybody.
1: And those are the, that's the structure of the book. Now, having completed the book and obviously now preparing for the launch, obviously things have happened to you since you went through the process and since going through the process of written the book. So where are you now in your own world? What is happening to you now?
2: Well, what's happening for me now is that it feels like I'm being pushed out into the world. I'm, you know, being a kind of an inner person, given, you know, all of what I've been through. Um, I would, I'd be happy just to retire at this point in time. I'm nearly 60. I'm going through my second Saturn return right now. I'm 59 in November, so that's 30 years ago that this all began. And uh, so it feels like I'm being pushed out at, at 60. And I'm going, wait a minute, you can't be pushed out at 60. <laughs> Hold on here, this is retirement age. But it really does take a while to get the wisdom. <laughs> so I do feel that now is the time that I'm being asked to serve in a different way in a bigger way, perhaps.
1: And uh, what I'm really interested in in is how how do you feel differently inside now you've gone through this whole process Uh and written the book and had all those experiences, but you're now still living in this world that we we have. How does that change how you feel inside about your daily life?
2: Well, for a long time, it felt like I was way too sensitive for the world. I felt like it's way too much. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I just want to be away. But now it feels like another force is is, is running me now. So it feels different. It's almost like it's not me now in the way that it was. And that's, that's about the
1: best way I can describe it. It's... And how do you manage the, uh, the those levels of sensitivity when you are tuned in and activated and, and in the feeling world, but you're mm. in the world? How do you manage those sensitivities?
2: Um, they're not... I don't find that I manage them. I just sort of go through them. I, I suppose that's the best way to describe it. Like when I'm in a really highly psychically sensitive place, I, of course, the best thing I can do is be in nature or... Or be quiet, or be away from people, so that I can re- get the messages that are wanting to come through, or whatever. Um, sometimes it, it manifests in physical things, where you're, you know, you're twisted up, or you're out of nowhere. The body goes through things, or, or the mind. There'll be uh, things that'll come through the mind that'll be very disturbing. And then it's. I just remember that's nothing to do with who I am. I'm a mortal spirit. This, body mind has nothing to do you know with who i really am this is the best way i find to manage it i just remind myself i'm not that and so even though it might you know we all have all kinds of different days right a lot different energies moving through the the world we're moving through the atmosphere uh, Evolution—we're going through. We're, everything has sped up. I mean, there's been the pressure is is what we I think we're dealing with at a huge level right now. And so, when the pressure comes, instead of seeing it as as a bad thing, what I've learned to do is to, to be able to actually go, okay, this is just God's love coming at me.
1: Well, Deborah, we're coming up to our final break, so we'll take this break and return with. Libra Laval, after this break. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
3: Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network.
0: Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
1: Welcome back to awakening to conscious co-creation with your host, Peter Tong. And I've just received some great personal news. I've been invited to co lead a sacred site tour to egypt next february with one of my former guests on the show finbar russ is a very experienced leader of sacred site journeys usually involving the sacred feminine energies on those trips so if you'd be interested in going to egypt in the second half of february i think it's uh something like february 17th to 29th with finbar and myself uh, do check out the website which is www.celticmysticaljourneys.com and uh, look into that and we'd love to have you on board with that uh, trip which I know is going to be very powerful and very exciting. So back to to Deborah Deval today talking about her book to be launched next week on September the 13th, The Magic Doorway into the Divine and if you want to check out the incredible number of gifts that she's got if you buy the book on that day go to themagicdoorway.com forward slash divine so Deborah before the break we were just talking about how we actually well how you are but how we actually live our lives in the world at this stage just uh, talk a bit more about that
2: well I think we do go through it feels like polarized uh, energies where deeply inside and then boom you're pushed like a crazy person to run like an idiot (laughs) to get everything done it's just uh, like there's so much pressure we're under so much pressure um and I think what's really important about to do at that point is uh, we often feel very judgmental of ourselves or guilty. We're not getting enough done. We're not doing what's going on. Why? You know, it, it, there's this pressure that's constantly on us right now, more so than I think we've ever experienced. And it's just finding there's a place in the middle of everything that you have to rest in. It's almost like the the source the, the the being that just that lives in and doesn't make it real it's kind of like seeing that the world isn't real that there's nothing that ex- external matters here except as it shows your reflection so if we make it real it'll it'll drive us absolutely mad but if we don't if we know that it's it's just something we're being pushed through Ride the wave. I I would say riding the wave is is what we need to do mostly right now, is just ride the wave and not judge ourselves, not guilt ourselves out. Um, And when we enter into old familiar situations where we feel unworthy or guilty or, you know, we we can't measure up any longer to the standard that we believed ourselves to be, that's when we say, I'm an immortal spirit, this has nothing to do with who I really am who I really am is that place that I rest in and that's the wave I ride on and that is the way one lives lives their life in the world right now when they're um, in that kind of polarity It's riding the wave of it letting, you're letting yourself be carried is what I've, I've found is the only way, really. And, and most of my clients have, that I've worked with feel the same way, that they just learn to ride the wave and they're not fighting and resisting. It's when we fight and resist that everything becomes horrible.
1: So in, in terms of that pressure on, on us today, what is the biggest obstacle to be on the spiritual path? Well, the biggest obstacle is guilt
2: because you're going against what everyone else appears to be doing or, 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 appears to, or what they think they're doing. <laughs> so when we feel guilty because we're like, well, should we have done that? Or, you know, when you step out, you take a risk, you, 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 you go in a different direction, your life gets changed, things start to dissolve, you feel guilty. And so what happens when you feel guilty is then everybody around you is reflecting that guilt and and making you feel even guiltier and and not so good about yourself that is the largest that's really the biggest um, the biggest hindrance on the spiritual path is guilt and when, so for example you get with your family you get with your old friends and and they seem to be doing well or or life seems to be going you know in a really terrific direction for them and here you are with everything falling apart now if you, your conviction is strong, <clears throat> you can walk through it. If you know this is part of what has to happen and that everything's out of your hands in a way that, like I said, the mystic path, it's like there's a momentum. Things are taken from you so that they can keep, be given back to you in a whole other way. Cause you're not asking for some things, you're asking for the whole thing. We're asking for everything. We're asking for our whole Self to become present in this lifetime or in one of the lifetimes to come. And so we just have to, again, it's back to trust. And the guilt is something that we have to know is not real. It's not real at all. In fact, even the karma that we create comes from guilt. So we create our own karma in a sense. It's a self-guilt is like, uh, karma is like self-flagellation in a way.
1: I know that you wanted to uh, read a a little poem um, coming up towards the end of the show that might be a good time to do that
2: Okay, it looks like it's uh, two pages is that too long for the end of the show? No, it's okay Okay, well, because this is a mystic journey because this is a, a journey with the lover and the beloved I wrote a little poem it's called To Merge With Your Great Heart and here it is and it's all about the lover and the beloved My heart has desired to merge with your great heart forever. But just when I come close to dissolving in you, my mind becomes very interested in a piece of your world and chases after it like a lascivious dog. I wake up the next day and my arms are empty and cold and you are gone. My heart has desired to merge with your great heart forever. But my eyes behold your created beauty And mistake it for the real thing. As I grasp the empty space, I find nothing but my desire and lust, which leaves me bereft and longing for you again. My heart has desired to merge with your great heart forever, but I have been an unfaithful lover. My need and my greed have pulled me far away from your love, and yet I ask you now for your forgiveness. I am on my knees, dried up like a beggar, having tasted the emptiness that I have chased for so long. My soul cries out to you, please marry me, please marry me. Please believe me, I am ready now. My heart has desired to merge with your great heart forever. My spirit has been strong, but my flesh has been weak. But now even my flesh can no longer turn away from the divine door for it needs and wants only your love, and no other lover will do. My heart has desired to merge with your great heart forever, so I lie here, naked and outstretched, awaiting your response and the final consummation of your love, the love that will end all suffering, all striving, all illusion, and marry my mind and my heart into the one great heart forever.
1: Wow, what a beautiful way to finish. <laughs> well, Deborah, it's been a wonderful show with you. I really enjoyed this. And, I, and good luck with your launch next week. Thank Magic you. Magic the Way into the Divine. It's a must-read for anybody on a spiritual path. So thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Well, thank you so much, Peter. That was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure for me, too. Okay.
1: So next week I have a great show lined up with uh, three representatives of the Children of the New Earth Conference. We'll be talking about the children of today, what we need to do to help them serve their needs better and to listen to what the children have to say. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a great week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.